Lock and Load. This is GeorgiaCarry.org Radio with Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. The leader in the fight to reclaim and expand our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Here's your host, Executive Director of GeorgiaCarry.org, Jerry Henry. Welcome to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. This beautiful day in uh, downtown Atlanta once again. Uh, Once again, I, I say this is a beautiful place. In a lot of ways, uh, from my point of view, it's a good place to be from, like kind of away from. But uh, if you got to be in town, this is one of the prettiest ones around to be in. Uh, today, I have a special guest, uh, Philip Doolittle, who has been here before. He was uh, on with Danny Moore back uh, when we had our contest to, to be on the show. And uh, I asked Philip to come back, uh, not because he did such a great job the first time, <laughs> although, <laughs> although he did do a good job. Uh, but I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about uh, our chapters. I'm having uh, next week I will have Cindy Lisky on, who has uh, just started up a new chapter up at uh, Johns Creek. And uh, we're just, I'm trying to get some of the, the chapter leaders around and tell you a little bit about them and, and what we're trying to accomplish as a chapter and, and uh, where we're going from there. So uh, without further ado, welcome, Philip. Good morning, Jerry. Thanks for having me. Well. Well, it's always a pleasure. As you know, we um, we have the South Metro chapter down and headquartered in Fayetteville, and um, we've been running that for about two years now. Mike Strickland got it started up, um, mm-hmm. thankfully. He gave me a call and said, hey, would you like to participate? And we've been doing that. We have um, a lot of speakers. We meet mostly in Fayetteville just because that's where Mike and I live, but we uh, we head over toward Henry County sometimes. We're in Peachtree City uh, a good bit. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a meeting Thursday night, the 26th, uh, at the On Target Gun Club in Peachtree City. Uh, social hour starts at 6 o'clock. Uh, the meeting starts at 7. Uh, we generally have a speaker. Uh, don't know who our speaker is going to be this week. I'll have to have to check the schedule and see. But in the past, we've had uh, speakers like Joey Jones mm-hmm. um, from the Southern Ground Heck of Foundation. Yeah, heck of a guy. Absolutely inspiring. Inspiring guy to listen. If mm-hmm. you if you missed that meeting, you missed a, a really good chance to hear somebody uh, impressive speak. Um, we have our county commissioners come often. Um, some of our county commissioners are heavily involved in the Republican Party in Fayette County, so they are happy to come and speak to us. Um, we have had. Um, Law enforcement officers come and speak to us from various municipalities and counties in and around Fayette County. And generally, we just try to bring something informative that is related to the gun community, not necessarily a gun speaker, although we have had um, we've had speakers on uh, trusts. We've had speakers from um, NFA manufacturers come in and speak to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a w- wide mix of things that we do. Um, and then at 8 o'clock, we do announcements from Georgia Carey, uh, what bills are in the hopper, what uh, legislators they need to contact, uh, what events are coming up, and just generally try to reach out and, and touch the membership right. in our area face-to-face. There's, right. there's so much of the communication that's on the Internet, and it's only on the Internet. And right. You never meet these people. You never shake their hand or say hi to their face directly. Right. And that's that's what we like about the chapters. It's it's the human touch, right. um, and that's to, what we were trying to accomplish when we uh, when we set up the chapters, uh, is to get closer to the people in the area. You know, we we can't 
we can't have a big meeting and have all the members come to. So the easiest way basically is to uh, take the meeting to areas where the members are. And uh, and it's been a we've got a couple of uh, smaller chapters down in areas where we don't have a lot of members, but the ones that we have in the in the metro areas with the larger cities uh, have done quite well most of the time. Yep, that, that that's correct. Uh, we're we're fairly out there. Um, Fayette County is a small, still a rural community, although that's trying to change. Um, but we average anywhere between thirty and fifty members on a given meeting. Right. Um, we have a few of the regulars that are always there, and then as the meetings change from location to location, we have what I call location regulars. Right. You, right. you know that Joe's going to be there if you're in Peachtree City, right. but he's not going to be there if you're in Henry County. Right. Right. Um, and uh, it, it's been good. It's it's been really good. We've got a, a strong contingent down there. Um, probably, I'd say we have eighty members on our roll, but we have you know, like I said, thirty to fifty on a regular uh, mm-hmm. show. And um, well, one of the things y'all did one time uh, not too long ago, which I thought was really kind of neat, was y'all took a uh, a group of the members from the chapter and uh, took the tour at Southern Grind. Yes, yes, we did. Um, that was two months ago. Um, they gave us a behind-the-scenes tour of the knife factory and, and what they're doing down there uh, in south of Sonoya, and uh, that was an interesting, interesting visit. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's very interesting, in my opinion, to, to talk about what uh, Zach Brown has done. He has uh, he has done an awful lot of things for for a lot of kids, he, and he he does it. It's hard for me to believe that one man can stay that busy trying to do good things for everybody, but he apparently does. He's, he's an, I'm, I'm told that he is one of the greatest entrepreneurs around, and I know that he has an awful lot of things going on that, that we don't normally hear about. Yeah, we do. He, he has um, a restaurant there in uh, Sonoya. Mm-hmm. He has the Southern Ground Knife uh, business just south of Sonoya, which employs a lot of local people right. in an area that surely needs the jobs. Um, he has the Southern Ground Camp, which has actually been for the kids in the right. summer. And Joey Jones's portion of that is he is now opening that camp to veterans. They're developing a veterans right. program in the winter right. for veterans that are coming back from war and they're struggling with various types of difficulties, some of them physical, some of yeah. them mental. And they're hoping to give them an outreach. Well, he also owns a, uh, a wine winery. Uh, really? Yeah, Z Brown's uh Wines, I believe. I, I, you can look it up on the Internet. I looked it up one time. Somebody, Well, as a matter of fact, Joy was on the radio program here, and he mentioned that. And the thing about uh, what uh, what Zach Brown does is the Southern Grind, all the profits out of that go to support Southern Ground, the, uh. the, uh, the uh, camp. It's my understanding that when he was a young man, he went to camp, and he came back, and he enjoyed it, and he realized that there were a lot of kids that that was the only time they really saw any family. That's the only time they really felt like they were part of a group. And he told his wife, uh, I'm told, that before they got married and before he got to be a, a big singer, that what he wanted to do was open up a camp, a summer camp for kids, because he got so much out of it and he felt that other people would too. And so he did, and my understanding is that he basically lives off his uh, – his jump chains he makes singing <laughs> like just a few dollars right but he lives off his, his he he uh, runs his business basically off of of what he does musically but everything that he all of the companies that he has the profits from that i'm told go into southern ground to keep that going well, you so know, I think- it, it's really admirable for somebody that that has that kind of money that kind of statute 
stature uh, in life to to give back that much to uh, to a group of uh, any kind of group or any location any person yeah and, and especially when they do so in a, in a little town like Sonoya where they're not getting the media press for their right. activities they're right. doing it just because and you know a lot of guys our age we came up with summer camps i mean in the summer mom put us on a bus and we went off to nowhere for a week or two and we we played with knives and shotguns and right. lit things on fire but uh those camps uh, and the organizations that support them i came up through the ymca camp system mm-hmm. um they're closing sadly right. three of the camps that i went to um all of uh, two of them are closed and one of them has been sold and it is now an rv park so right. those three opportunities well, don't exist yeah I, when i was uh, when i was a kid uh, the summer camps we went to mostly were uh were uh, church uh, camps that had they had a place up on a lake or somewhere we'd go up there for a week or so and come back and uh, those have uh, have basically dried up as well because of the funding they they can't afford it anymore uh and uh it's it's you know it's unfortunate but it continues to go away you know it, it it's funny you you've got uh, roots in the equestrian world so you're probably uh, well aware of this but it's something i learned when my daughter was in girl scouts Funding for the Girl Scouts horse programs is drying up. Mm-hmm. They're, they're having to close camp after camp and consolidate because it's so expensive to maintain a stable full of horses, and they just don't have the funds to right. do it anymore. Right. It, it's and it's unfortunate, but and it's not just those uh, areas. There's, there's other areas in the in the uh, sector that that is happening the same way. It, it's when you have something like a horse that you have to feed all the time. That's uh, that's a problem because the the costs continue to go on. But if you're just maintaining a a, a building and a, a piece of land, that's not quite as bad. But even that funding is is winding down as well and drying up. Yep, it's unfortunate. A lot of things we grew up with that that made us the people that we are today uh, are simply stopping or ceasing to exist. Right, and well, a lot of it, you know, some people just just don't want it. In fact. In fact, one of the things that's that's uh, getting closer to not existing anymore, I believe, is the NFL. But they kind of brought that on themselves. Uh, <laughs> I told you we were just going to kind of ramble around here, but I, I did think it was very important that we talked about uh, not only what the chapter's doing, but it, how we're involved in other parts of the community and how they're involved with us. And um, you know, getting uh, Zach Brown as a sponsor for us was, uh, I think, a, a really neat thing. And um, one of the things that we, well, the reason basically is sponsored because we buy his knives and we uh, uh, give a knife to each life member. And uh, it's a knife that's made here locally. It's a knife that's made in Georgia. And it's a heck of a knife. If you haven't had one or seen one, you've you've got something uh, to look forward to. But uh, we're coming up to a break here. I need to remind you uh, once again who we are. We're GeorgiaCarry.org. You can go to our website. You can... Uh, join. You can look up everything we've ever done. Our contact information is on there. You can get in touch with me. Uh, you can download the podcast from uh, Newstalk1160.com as well as it's on our Facebook page. And we will be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio with GeorgiaCarry.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org radio hour. Jerry Henry once again with uh, 
Philip Doolittle. We're just kind of talking and having a good time here, talking about our chapter down in uh, Fayette County. And we're also going to talk a little bit about some of the things that's going on uh, in the in the, the rest of the world. Uh, we know Georgia is a big place, but there are things that happen outside of this state that, that sometimes affect us. And, and uh, you know, if you look at what happened in uh, Las Vegas with the uh, the murderous plot out there that nobody can nobody seems to be giving us any information on what what happened you know nearly every other crime that comes around somebody can tell you within a few days of why it happened what it happened etc and now they're not uh, there's not a whole lot of information on any of this stuff right now yeah it's 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 surprising um that we haven't heard more uh i i wonder what all's involved or who all's involved or if mm-hmm. we're dealing with just a, a, a random uh a lunatic um <laughs> i'd laughed well. At Rush Limbaugh the other day, they said, you know, that the uh, the FBI has just announced that they think that uh, Stephen Haddock had a uh, mental illness. And <laughs> Rush laughed and he said, you think? Yeah, he <laughs> might could have. Who knows? Well, there, there's so many things, you know, the change in timelines and, of course, uh, uh, and they change it from one thing to another and back to the other and around. And they seem to not be able to to tie down when a lot of things happen, which is, is kind of unusual. Uh, and... Uh, but, of course, one of the things that's not unusual is uh, before the blood was dried in the streets, the Antis started dancing and Absolutely. in hopes of trying to get more gun control Absolutely. legislation. The fog had not even lifted that morning before Hillary had a, a statement out about gun control. Right. And, and quite frankly, I, I don't – uh, I, I'm not surprised that someone on the left who doesn't support uh, pro-gun activities like we do is going to have an anti-gun statement. But I found it really, really distasteful that we still had bodies on the ground and we still had people in ambulances. It, it happens every one. Every time there is a, a, a shooting such as this, the same thing happens. Yep. The people run out, grab a microphone, and start talking about how we need to control this. This we got to take away these people's rights. What yep. they're really saying is. These people have too many rights. They don't know how to handle them because they weren't involved in it. Just this one guy was, but we still need to take their rights away because they may be just like this guy. Yep, and and that's the thing. We live in a country that was founded upon the right to keep and bear arms. Um, it was crazy extreme Americans with guns who decided to part ways with England right. and, and form our own country. Right. And uh, it, it's it's been said before that firearms are the birthright of every American, and, mm-hmm. and I truly believe that. Um, yes, we do lose a lot of people to uh, homicide by handgun every year. The last estimate uh, w- was around 9,000. Mm-hmm. But when you put that in perspective, we have 320 million people That's in this correct. country. Last year, roughly 16,000 people died from taking over-the-counter pain relievers. Right. And I'm not going to name any names, but we're talking about what you can buy on the corner right. store at every single food market. That's correct. And yet we don't have a congressional lobby to make those prescription only. No. Um, you, you look at the, the, the deaths from automobiles, 40,000 a year. Right. For, for medical malpractice, 90,000 a year. And, and I'm not saying that these aren't, aren't tragic, but when you put them in perspective, right. um, it, gun, gun violence, and I hate to use that word because guns are an inanimate object, but people violence with guns, it, it really, really is a, a very low number relative to things that we do every single day and we don't fear. But That's there's correct. this panic. and. And what it comes down to is you, you, you know how politicians work. There is a crisis. I need to play it for all it's worth right. so I can advance my bill and get my constituents ringing the phones to their senators. That's correct. And 
that's not how you that's not how you run a, com- a country intelligently and rationally. We have to look at the the fact that there are somewhere depending on where you look at the estimates but the CDC's low estimate for defensive gun use is 60,000 elements a year or 60,000 items a year. It, th- their high estimate is 105 and that's the CDC's anti-gun research. Mm-hmm. If you get into the pro-gun research done by Lot and some of the others you're looking numbers of 2 and 3 million. Right. Because when the lady gets out at the gas station and she sees the creepy guy hanging around the pump just a little too much and she pulls her pistol out and he leaves, they don't count that as a defensive no. gun use. No. But she knows. She yeah. knows right then and there that that gun has protected her from a violent predator. That's correct. And they, they seem to, to kind of let that go. You know, putting another thing in perspective, uh, when you look at it, uh, what happened in Las Vegas is about uh, three weekends in Chicago. Yes. Yes. Every week. And it depends now. If it were July the 4th, it would be one weekend. Or it could be two weekends at the most. If it's a big holiday, something's going on, it's going to be more. Now, is one worse than the other? To me, it's kind of like a plane crash. I mean, fewer people die in plane crashes than, than any other uh, any other kind of crash is basically. I mean, there's more people killed by automobiles, uh, motorcycles, bicycles, you know, et cetera. Uh, but when you have it happen in one place, then it's a tragedy because, geez, this big airplane fell out of the sky and all these people lost their lives at the same time. But when you look at, at over a period of time, the same number of people getting killed every weekend yep. in Chicago. And they're, they're just as dead. Their families are just as That's upset. Correct. Lives are just as destroyed. It, it's, but it doesn't make the headlines. They can't nope. run the story that, that Joe, uh, Joe got out of his car and – you know, America has two big problems um, that, that if we were to address directly, we could eliminate a lot of these. But America has a, a gang problem, and America has a drug problem. That's correct. And and we have a problem with gangs running drugs. That's correct. <laughs> um, and yeah. it, until we address those two problems, you're not going to see the homicide rate in this country fall. No. Um, I, I think I've heard it was the um, one of the sheriffs in Ohio that said that in, in his state, if – uh, 58% of the homicides by gun were felon-on-felon violence. So right. basically gang members killing each other over turf. Right. That's not a gun problem. No. That's a crime problem. That's correct. Um, and it, it's unfortunate that, you know, we, we have a car crash and nobody says, oh, my my Lord, look, that car went out and, and it got drunk and it right. ran over some people on the sidewalk. Right. Um, it, it's a it's a drunk driver, and we point the finger right squarely where it belongs. Right to the person responsible. Absolutely. And, but with this, they point it right directly at the firearm. At each and every single right. time. And, and the simple fact of the matter is, if you did decide, if we all sat down and decided that guns were the problem, this country has somewhere between five hundred and seven hundred million guns. Right. It, it, if you just do the logistics on collecting all those, for, forget the argument that we need to do it, but if you look at the logistics, we did a buyback at $100 a gun. That's five or $50 billion in right. cash right. just to pay out, and that doesn't count the people you have to have to collect them, the right. people you have to pay to inventory them. Where are you going to stack them? Exactly. <laughs> it's simply not feasible at this point. Hmm. And, and the other flip side of that is we come through the bump stock ban, and I know this is this is going to make a lot of people unhappy, but 
The Second Amendment was designed so that Americans could defend themselves against enemies, including internal enemies. That's correct. We had just come out of a war with our own government in which the government tried to take away our rights, tried to overtax us, tried to control our lives. Our founders knew tyranny firsthand. That's correct. Uh, and they said, you know what, we're not doing this again. We will – and they actually were very much against a standing army, which That's we correct. have today. That's correct. Um, but th- they said the people will bear the might of this country, and if the politicians ever get out of control again, then, then the people will simply give them the proverbial finger and say this is our country, not yours. Well, that was the real purpose of the Second Amendment was to protect us from a tyrannical government, not from a, a predator, not from – not to go out and kill a deer, not to go out and, and kill something to hunt with. It was to protect us from a tyrannical government. Yep, yep. Tinchcoke said in the in the Pennsylvania Gazette, people people talk about bump stocks and automatic weapons, but he said we should have every terrible element of a soldier because we were designed to be the defense of this country, That's not correct. only against outside invaders but against inside invaders. That's correct. So, uh, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think that that. Uh, you know, I, I get asked a lot of times, well, you know, when the when the Constitution was written, it didn't say anything about automatic weapons. It didn't even exist. And I said, do you think that if it existed that the, our framers of the Constitution would say everything except fully automatic? I think they would be grabbing an automatic weapon and running out to the, to the range out back and start shooting. Yep. They would enjoy that because when you have to sit there with a muzzleloader and shoot about once every 45 seconds if you're good at it, yes. you know, uh, something that went would be really nice for for them to have, and I guarantee you they would have had, they would have uh, allowed any of those firearms that we have today would have been allowed in 1776. Well, no uh, two ways about it. A, a lot of people don't realize that at that point in time, cannons, the artillery of the day, right. were held mostly in civilian hands, right. and civilians that protected the harbors owned. Gunships, and when I say gunships, a, a ship with cannons all the way down the side is the 1770 equivalent of the AC-130 gunship. <laughs> and these were not owned by the government; these were owned by private citizens who were called together uh, to defend their country. Right. And, and they did so, and they did so against an overwhelming force. And uh, we get to live in this country today because of it. That's um, correct. Yeah, because of that, and some of the things that we've had to do to fight. Uh, in the meantime, to keep it that way, you yes. know, without without the Second Amendment, they're g- not going to be any other rights, no matter what you say. You can Absolutely. forget it; they're all gone. If you lose the Second Amendment, you lose them all. Well, and the Second and the First are under assault. That's these correct, days. every bit of it. Want to remind you one more time: go to georgiacarry dot org, our website. You can uh, find out anything you want to about us. You can join. You can follow us at Georgia Carry on Twitter. I'm at Got Your Back sixty four. Uh, you can download the. Uh, commercial free podcast at newstalk1160.com and we will be right back and now back to georgiacarry.org radio with georgiacarry.org's executive director jerry henry welcome back to georgiacarry.org radio hour once again, back with Philip Doolittle, our uh, our coordinator for the South Metro GCO chapter down in Fayetteville. Uh, he said he had a meeting on the twenty the the twenty sixth. That's this coming Thursday right. at uh, social hour is six to seven. Meeting is seven to eight, 
and announcements and general Q&A is at 8, and sometimes that runs five minutes, and sometimes that runs a half an hour, right, just right. depending on what the audience just wants It depends to do. on what you need to do. Well, a lot of it, too, depends on what kind of questions anybody has to, to ask about certain things. Yep. Um, at any rate, it's a good time. Everybody, uh, it's something you can enjoy. You spend a, an hour or two with people that uh, are members, and, and some aren't members. You don't have to be a member to go. That's correct. Uh, we like for you to, to be a member if you continue to go. Uh, but we'd like for you to, to come and enjoy yourself and, and see what kind of guys we are and, and ladies and guys. There's there's both male and female. There, there are. And you you get to see who in your community feels the same way you do. Yep. And hopefully you'll join just from that and see the work that we've done because Georgia Carey has done an awful lot of work for uh, for gun rights in this state. Yep. And, uh, a lot. I am. I, um uh, well, a little bit about the the chapter. One thing that a lot of people miss: you don't have to be a member. It's not a Republican organization. We do have strong support from the Republican side of the aisle, right. but we have Republicans and Democrats that are members. We have members uh, of uh, male and female members. We have husband and wife members. Right. We have uh, sometimes children come. Uh, children are not as often, not because they're not welcome, but sometimes the speakers get a little deep for them. Right. But we uh, we have uh, members from all races and all cultures. We have pastors. We have law enforcement. It's um, it's just anybody who uh, supports or wants to hear about the the, the cause that we support is right. more than welcome to show up. We don't pass the hat. There's no pressure to join. Right. The closest thing we've got to pressure is there is a, a sign-up sheet at the back. If you want to get mailings from us, please put your name uh, and email address down so we can send you mailings. Right. That's right. as high pressure as we get. Kind of hard not to – kind of hard to send to you if we don't have your email address. But I've always said that, that if, when you look at uh, a cross-section of org members, it's a cross-section of the community. Yep. Everybody Absolutely. that's involved is people who – and there are a lot of, of uh, people who are, are for guns and for gun rights that are not members of Georgia Carey, uh, but they benefit from, from our work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've been a member since 2012. I came along after uh, the big bill, Senate Bill 308 and the others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it came from a little bit of research. I was wanting to get involved. I had some issues, uh, some gun rights issues that I was concerned with, minor issues mostly. And I started looking into who who are the players out there who are making things happen. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't long before that uh, that pointer was squarely aimed at George Carey. Um, and then you know when I realized, hey, th- these are the guys that have you know made big differences in my life. Uh, you and I discussed it last week. Uh, I carried a gun uh, around in and around the Georgia Tech campus uh, back in the early 90s uh, under the impression that as long as you openly carried, you didn't need a license. Well, you know, that's not the case. Um, so, uh, But somebody lucked out and got by with it. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, my life could have been very different. Yes, it could. Um, but th- that's a misconception that's still out there today, that if you openly carry, you don't need a license. Right. And so that's part of our outreach program is to ed- educate uh, our fellow citizens, so they don't find themselves in places that that they don't want to be. That's correct. I, I've always said that we like to. We one of our goals is to get rid of gotcha laws. And and when we first started, everything on the books just about was a gotcha law. Yes. And there's still some. Uh, there's still some some uh, uh, portions of law that are are a little bit vague, and and you can still get caught if you're not careful. But uh, we do our best to eliminate those and and get rid of. Uh, we want the law to to mean what it says, basically, and not to allow a policeman or uh, a judge or someone else to interpret the way they want to interpret it. And unfortunately, that's that's the way it happens with almost any law. 
It's you know, not just just gun laws. It's almost any law. You know, we were we were talking a little bit in in the last segment about bump stocks, and I'm I'm really a lot of people are angry with the ATF right now for how they've ruled on bump stocks. But I, I personally I stand behind them. They've said that they they cannot regulate bump stocks because it's not in the law, and they want the legislature to change the law. That's the way it should be done. You don't just take the law and decide, well, you know, let's just regulate this way anyway, and because it's well, the right thing to do. Well, first off, it it doesn't it doesn't change. It does not modify the gun. Correct. There is no modification to the gun. You put a different stock on it, and it bounces back and forth when you're holding on the trigger, and it shoots faster. You can do the same thing with your finger through a belt loop. Yep, there's absolutely. no there's no difference in that, and they can't. I don't think they can ban fingers or belt loops. They may ban ban the felt loops, but it's going to be hard to ban the fingers. But uh, these things don't actually make it a different firearm. Correct. And most people that I know of who have shot them don't even like them because they're they're very difficult to get used to because you're not used to that gun going back and forth. You're used to it banging, and then you know you're the one that's in control of when it bangs. With it yep. going back and forth, it's in control of when it bangs. And and a lot of people don't like them for that reason. I went into Autry's Armory, one of our diamond level sponsors down in Fayetteville, uh, the other day. Uh, I was down there to meet a guy to to present him with uh, with John Monroe's. Uh, uh, oh, the pistol! Yeah, yes, John yes, Monroe's yes. Uh, Colt Python Elite. So, who won that drawing? Uh, uh, Pin Tim Pin, I believe is his name. Uh, I, I I should have it with me. I don't. Uh, but uh, he, it's the same guy that at our uh, convention uh, bought the uh, during the auction bought the uh, Americana Henry rifle. Ah. Oh, nice. Because it was kind of funny when we when we were packing up, he got the rifle and went home with it. the um, The display case was still here, and I thought it went. I thought somebody in South Georgia bought it. So uh, Chuck Turney took the case with him to Tifton. Then he called me the next day and said, "Hey, that this belongs to a guy up there." Uh, and uh, so I said, okay, I got in touch with him, and I told him we, we really didn't want to ship it, that we were going to have our meeting in September, and I would bring it back with me. Well, I did, and then he uh, bought raffle tickets, and he responded back to my my email on his numbers, and he said, that uh, he said, when you want to get together, I assume you still have. I said, yeah, I've got it. I've just been busy trying to, to get things arranged here. And he said, well, he works at the airport. He said, I can meet you. And he said, uh uh, just you know, I said we'll pick a time and date. And he said, "Well, I can wait till I I come down and pick up the the pistol after I win it." And we both laughed about it. And then when I got the number, I sent him an email and said, "You were right. Come back it up." <laughs> so it was kind of funny on his part. I mean, people say that to me all the time. I think this is the first time that it's ever happened. But uh, at any rate, I went into uh, I went into Autry's Armory and and I was just kidding with him. And I walked up and I said. Uh, they said, what are you doing here? I said, oh, I thought I'd come see if I could find me a bump stock. <laughs> and they just laughed. They said, you got to be kidding me. So we haven't had any of those in ages. He said, we bought, uh, they bought several, and I don't know what several was, you know. Uh, I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 or so, something like that. And he said, we tried and tried and tried and tried to sell those for a year or so. And he said, finally, we got rid of them by lowering the price to $69 a piece. Wow. <laughs> and he said, now, if you can find one, uh, you're going to pay $1,000 for it. Yeah, for a pl- plastic for, for stock cover. For a piece cover. of plastic stock with, with a spring in it. 
And, uh, you know, we just we just kind of laughed about the whole mess. But it's the same thing. They start talking about banning. Everybody wants one. Yep. That's that's why we have as many AR-15s or AK-47s in, in circulation as we do. Best gun salesman in the last century, Barack Obama. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> All he but, has to do is get up and make a speech, and gun sales explode. But there is a there is since we're talking about gun uh, bump stocks, there is a bill, uh, and I don't have a number on it. I know that it's been uh, discussed by the NRA. Others have discussed it. We've discussed it around amongst ourselves. Uh, it's a bill that will uh, ban bump stocks, but it the way it's written, it will uh, ban anything that increases the rate of fire for a semi-automatic weapon. Correct. And that that's a very, very dangerous that's precedent. a slippery slope. Yep. That includes, in fact, gun oil. Well, and I, I'm, I'm a big believer that the, the, it's not uh, accidental. It's intentional. Right. That if they can introduce rate of fire into the conversation, right. then they can tacitly regulate semi-automatic firearms, right. which has been their goal all along. That's correct. And then the conversation, instead of becoming about a very concrete one bullet, one pull of the trigger, it becomes about how fast is too fast? Right. Is this too fast? Right. And, and, and there's no mention of rate of fire in this bill. Yeah. yeah. So anything that increases whatever they think it might have been or might should be is illegal. And yeah. it, it's it's one of those bills that it needs to go in the trash can as soon as possible. And uh, you might want to contact your, your senators and, and uh, representatives and explain that, that very thing to them. I think that anything, uh, anytime you want to ban a peripheral item on a farm, you've gone a little bit too far. Yes. Abs- stock, bump stock, you know, it's, it's just Rubber not band. what you should do. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, ammunition, ba- I mean uh, – uh, uh, magazine capacity. Yep. How ridiculous. I mean, big deal. They've proven time and time again that that doesn't have anything to do with how many bullets get fired, uh, yep. the uh, the magazines. But at any rate, we need to uh, need to take another break. I want to remind you one more time, georgiacarry.org, our website. We have everything that we've ever done on there. Uh, it's listed from all the lawsuits, et cetera, on up. Uh, you can contact me. You can contact uh, any of our officers. Uh, you can uh, download the commercial-free podcast here at Newstalk1160.com. You can follow us at Georgia Carey on Twitter. I'm at GotYourBack64, and we'll be right back. And now, back to GeorgiaCarey.org radio with GeorgiaCarey.org's executive director, Jerry Henry. Welcome back to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio Hour. I'm here once again with Philip Doolittle. Uh, when we uh, when we went to the break, we were talking about basically bump stocks and and any other peripheral uh, item that that they want to that they being the uh, the anti gunners, the gun prohibitionists, as I call them, would like to see us uh, see them get banned. Thing of it is, if they ban one thing, such as a, a bump stock, then they feel like they win, and then they can go ban something else. And it's it's not that much different banning uh, a, uh, a magazine that only has uh, that has more than ten rounds, for instance. So, if you allow them to do that, and if you allow them to control your ammunition and, and the supply of ammunition, then the first thing you know, you, your farms won't be any good anyway. You won't need any if you don't have any ammunition. Yep, death by a thousand cuts. That's correct, and and so. Uh, there are some things going on. Everybody needs to kind of keep a, an eye on what's going on in the 
in the uh, national arena. I don't think we have to worry too much about the the state arena. We'll see. Uh, we'll see a lot of gun bill, ban bills uh, introduced. I'm sure uh, Mary Margaret Oliver will try to continue her push to get rid of uh, of so-called assault weapons. And I don't know if that's going to include your fist or uh, you know sticks or anything else that you can pick up and assault somebody with. Matter of fact, it might mean your tongue, too. I believe there's such a thing as verbal assault, so I'm not sure that you might want to. I know that some of them would like to ban that because that would get rid of the First Amendment, and then all they got to do is get rid of the Second Amendment. Yep. But we're, we'll see some of those things happening uh, and being introduced here in the state of Georgia, but uh, I would expect them not to go anywhere whatsoever. They, they'll they'll come in. They'll basically uh, they won't get enough interest to get anything done to them for the most part. Right, but at the at the national level here in Georgia, you absolutely need to be in touch with your senators and your congressmen. Correct. Um, I call mine to the point that they the person on the other end of the phone. I'm not going to say the senator knows my name, but the uh, the poor person working the phone knows my voice. Uh, and uh, our two senators here in Georgia, there's one who's came out and spoken uh, loudly about uh, being in favor of bump stock bans. Right. And uh, right. I, uh, I, it's a, it's a, it's a scary thing when we have um, Republican senators in a red state talking about wanting to ban right. uh, firearms and, accessories. And we won't tell you who it is, but it's not Johnny Isaacson. Yes, exactly. So uh, <laughs> uh, now, uh, Purdue is the one who said that he's uh, he's in favor of listening to it. Uh, and I, I think that he needs to be in favor of listening to us and understand that that he has taken the wrong step in that in that direction. Uh, but we need to let him know. My understanding is that his phone has been ringing off the hook by people uh, like you and I that have let him understand that uh, because uh, it's a statement that should not have been made. Yep, absolutely. It, it, it's it's um, it's it's a place we don't need to go. Nope. Uh, well. We, you know, it's been pointed out. I don't know how many times banning anything is not going to stop it. If banning, if making, uh, if making meth illegal doesn't stop meth, what makes you think making firearms illegal is going to stop firearms? It's yep. not going to. All yep. it's going to do, uh, all banning firearms would do, is make the meth dealers a whole lot uh, more safer because they'd be the only ones with the firearms. Yep, exactly correct. Well, and and the assault weapons bans are particularly. Uh, foolish. Um, I, as you might have gathered, I do a bit of uh, statistical research, and on average, uh, 2016, 2017, 350 people-ish were killed by rifles of all types. Of all types. That's well, shotguns. That, that, that's long guns, not just rifles, because shotguns not a rifle. Ah, uh, so long guns, AR-15s, 30-06s, 30-30s. So we you know it. we know for a fact that less than 350 people a year are killed by assault weapons. Right. I'm, I'm doing air quotes that you guys on the radio can't see. Uh, but, but putting it in perspective, 300 people a year die from falling while walking right. on a flat surface. That doesn't right. mean they fell off a roof. It means they were walking down the sidewalk, they fell, and they died. That's correct. So it, More I, people were killed by fists right. and feet and hammers and baseball bats. So it, I mean, it, it, it's, it's minuscule. A, yeah, it's offensive to call it uh, pe- someone's death a, a rounding error, but really, statistically speaking, you are more likely to be struck by lightning today on this beautiful sunny day mm-hmm. than you are to be killed by someone with an assault rifle, especially in a mass shooting. That's correct. Uh, but they get all the news. That's you've correct. got the media cycle that begins. You've got the politicians pumping the money into it. And you have people fearing that their school is going to be next. And that that's simply is not reality. 
No, it's not reality. It has not shown to be reality. Yes, some things are going to happen because bad things happen to good people no matter where you are or what you're doing. Yep. However, somebody is not – the likelihood of someone introducing uh, an, an AR-15 or AK-47 into most places is very small, yep. very nil. And, of course, as we said, when it's happened, yes, it's terrible. If one person gets killed by a firearm, it's it's terrible. But – the law-abiding citizens are not the ones that are killing the people with the firearms. Nope. Never have been, never will be. It's just not going to happen. Uh, the, um, the, the number of people who own AR-15s and AR- AK-47, or so-called assault weapons, is a horrendous number. I mean, it's a very large number. And we know there's only 300-something people killed per year over the last several years. Yep. And we had assault weapons ban back in uh, uh, 94. It was uh, put in by, Yes, it was put in by Bill Clinton. And once it was over with, the, the studies showed that there was no appreciable difference one way or the other in crimes that were committed with those firearms. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, you're looking at a subset of 300. Right. So statistically speaking, uh, you know, I'm from Georgia Tech, and I got got to do my graphs and charts. But statistically yeah, y'all do learn speaking, how to, y'all do learn how to add and subtract over there. Don't it you? is. That's what uh, I thought. It, it is noise at the bottom of the chart. <laughs> it, it would not yes. even be considered in a serious study of the data. Right. Um, right. But it's a, it's a dramatic. Let's face it. There are there are 90 million people, 90 million gun owners in this country. They own somewhere in the neighborhood of five to seven hundred million guns. If we were as violent as they say we are, oh, yeah. you'd know it. You, you'd ain't well, <laughs> there, there wouldn't there wouldn't be a lot of gun prohibitionists because they would have already been gone. You wouldn't have to worry about those people. But but you're, that's exactly right. We are not and have not been and are not going to be as violent as we are portrayed by the media. And by the anti-gunners. I'll be frank. The, the violent rhetoric I hear out in the media comes from the anti-gun side. That's correct. I, I have heard countless times that people wish that that would happen to my whole family so I could understand. Right. right. And I'm sorry. I'm not going to. I don't I don't carry a gun so that I can impose my will upon another person. Right. I carry a gun so they cannot impose their will upon That's me. That's correct. And exactly. it, I, I would not do violence to someone else. I would not wish violence nope. upon uh, someone that I don't like. It, nope. it, it's just, it's hateful. Yep. It's hateful rhetoric. I agree with you. Well, Nancy Sinatra said that all the NRA members, which is some 5 million people, should be taken out and shot. Well. You know, and ju- doing just exactly what you say. I think another problem with the, the media is the fact that you get this, this guy in uh, Las Vegas, and I, you called his name. I won't call her. I don't call any of their names. Uh, we have this guy here that commits this horrendous crime, and they spend the next three or four weeks or more talking about what this guy's done. Yep. Pictures on the news. Everybody knows exactly who the guy is. And so, what does it do? It takes some crazy dude sitting over there in the corner saying, "Man, I could be on TV for the next four weeks." Yep. No problem. All I got to do is go out there and break his record. And if you look back at Sandy Hook, uh, that was what one of the, that was one of the things he was doing was keeping records as to how many people he'd have to shoot to become number one. Wow. And it's it's just horrendous. Now I was thinking earlier today uh, when the twin towers fell, we saw less coverage about the actual incident. Yep. 
and they rushed to get that off of there because that was so horrendous. Yet with this shooting out here in Las Vegas, we're three weeks into it, and we're still talking about the guy and what he did. And, and less than 24 hours later, we had a picture of his corpse on the on the ho- hotel room floor. That's I, correct. I just, I, I just don't see it. Yep. Well, you know, but one last thought. We, we wear gun save lives buttons to our meetings. George right. Carey passes them out. Um, but a lot of people don't realize that if we take the, the gun homicides, 9,000 last year, mm-hmm. uh, and we extrapolate that over the last century, we come out with about 600,000 Americans have died by a handgun in the last 100 years. Right. If you go to other countries, China, Cambodia, uh, Russia under Stalin, right. the number, we can't even count them. No. It's somewhere between 100 and 300 million people have been exterminated by their, by own, their government own government because they were disarmed. That's correct. And, and people say, well, that can't happen here. Guys, I'm going to tell you, go back and look at what we did to the American Indians. You better believe it can happen. We massacred tens of thousands our government massacred tens of thousands of people unarmed in this country that's correct and it's for that reason that the people we the people have the right to keep and bear arms that's correct and and if we don't exercise that right then shame on us because we're the ones that are going to be the big losers in the long run well and i think that's a sad thing it's not just a right it's an obligation it and is. people say well you have a responsibility yes you you do have you a responsibility do. when you take a firearm and you have a responsibility as an american to keep one you have rights you have responsibility when you exercise any of your rights. You have a responsibility when you use your First Amendment right. You have a responsibility throughout using rights. Being free in this country is a responsibility that people need to take upon themselves. We're coming to the end of the program. I want to thank you, Philip, for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. It's always fun. Very interesting discussion. I enjoyed it. Too bad we don't have a couple hours to talk about it. <laughs> want to remind you one more time, georgiacarry.org, uh, org. our website. You can learn anything you want to. You can join. You can renew. You can download the uh, commercial-free podcast at newstalk1160.com. And we will see you next week with Cindy Liskey from the North Georgia GCO chapter. Thanks for listening to GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, hosted by Georgia Carry's Executive Director, Jerry Henry. GeorgiaCarry.org is Georgia's no-compromise voice for gun owners. Join us each week for information on protecting your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. GeorgiaCarry.org Radio, Saturday mornings at 8 only on News Talk 1160, the talk of the town.